0: I'm John DiLibretto, and you're hearing The Echoes Podcast. Coming up, we take a flashback 50 to the 1968 debut album by the United States of America. We go back to those acid-drenched days and talk to founding members Joseph Byrd and Dorothy Moskowitz about their psychedelic classic. Before we get to them, I want to tell you about a new album by Russell Sareth. It's called Spiritual Odyssey. Russell Sarath creates a contemporary New Age music that chronicles a spiritual journey. Each song in the album takes a step on the trail from breaking free of constraints and boundaries to an arrival at a greater awareness of the universe and how it works. Lyrically uplifting vocals, electronic ambiences, and hand percussion create a soothing soundscape. Russell Sareth's Spiritual Odyssey is available from Amazon, iTunes, and other retailers. And now, the trip begins with the United States of America. To open up the uh, first Monterey International Pop Festival, we would like to give you the Association. Joseph Byrd has had many life-changing experiences. One of them was the Monterey Pop Festival in 1967.
1: Because the Monterey Pop Festival established that Ravi Shankar and Hugh Masekela and the Grateful Dead and the Mamas and Papas were all elements of what was now rock. So there was a total eclecticism and that meant that my palette of possible sounds was infinite and what the only thing that wasn't present at that
0: time was electronic music. Bird remedied that with his group called the United States of America. United States of America only released one album and had barely dented Billboard's Top 200 in 1968. But 45 years later, places like Pitchfork Media, the modern bible of hip, say that it stands above the work of most of their Monterey-era psych rock peers. Do you remember what you said ended a thousand years ago? Where is yesterday? Born in Louisville, Kentucky in 1937, Joseph Byrd walked out of Stanford University with his master's degree in 1960, moved to New York, and dove into that city's avant-garde scene. He was part of the city's most extreme art movement.
1: It was a member of Fluxus, which considered itself to be a very radical socialist art movement, and which related
0: to Dada. He hung out with Lamont Young, the father of minimalism, tagged along with John Cage in the creation of Atlas Eclipticalis, and studied with Morton Feldman. The first performances of Byrd's own compositions were in Yoko Ono's Loft. In the tradition of John Cage, he scored works for prepared piano. He created compositions for famed cellist Charlotte Mormon. Joseph Byrd made music by letting the air wheeze out of balloons. That last one isn't a joke, according to cellist Clarice Jensen. (laughs) Joseph was so um, specific about what to do with the balloons and what kind of pitches we could make. We couldn't make any sort of fart noises, you know, we couldn't do any glissandos up or down. It was not meant to be humorous whatsoever. Several of Joseph Byrd's compositions have just been released on a CD called NYC 1960-1963, to many of them performed for the first time ever by the American Contemporary Music Ensemble, or ACME. The recording reveals an artist at the nexus of a major turning point of modern music from the aleatoric avant-garde into minimalism. Cellist Clarice Jensen, speaking from a tour bus in the Midwest, is the artistic director of ACME. You know, it was something that, that was typical of the time, but, you know, obviously a voice that, that is unique and that hadn't been been performed or heard. It was this music that captured the fancy of Dorothy Filarski. She was Dorothy Moskowitz in 1963, just out of Barnard College when she met Joseph Byrd.
2: When I met Joseph Byrd, first date he showed me some of his his strange scores and i was an easy <laughs> i was an easy mark i was in love with him immediately maybe more in love with the music i don't know
0: the couple moved to California so that Bird could pursue a PhD from UCLA. There he founded the New Music Workshop and produced happenings. He broke up with Dorothy Moskowitz, but she got the call when Bird went in a radical direction for a classical avant artist. He formed a rock group. But it wasn't your typical rock band, even for 1967. There was no guitar. Instead, Bird used electric violin, fretless bass, electronically enhanced drums, and a melange of electric keyboards and primitive electronics including a crude synthesizer built by Tom Oberheim.
1: Well it was a box with a bunch of knobs on it each of which could do different things but none of which could do anything like what you could do with an entire Moog synthesizer which instantly the price began around $20,000. So basically I used what I could. I took sounds,
0: looped them, put a lot of tape delay on them, he infused these techniques into actual songs that mixed politics and psychedelics. You can hear that on the opening track, The American Metaphysical Circus.
2: And the and the the cost of
0: that song sets the stage for an album that might be the best audio example of the psychedelic experience. By the time I left New York, I had taken almost every
1: drug there was. Lamont Young, um, one of my contemporaries in New York, had a a bunch of pills, and he said, here, take one. And I said, oh, okay," and I took it. After the, the experience, I said, what was that? And he said, oh, I call it witch's brew. For Bird, LSD was not always
0: a pleasant experience.
1: Lying back and enjoying the pretty colors was not how I experienced um, hallucinogenics. I experience them as being edgy and dangerous and scary.
2: Coming down, it comes to mind specifically. We are actually talking about an acid trip and its aftermath.
0: As much as the lyrics which Bird and Moskowitz wrote together, it was the music Bird created that took the listener into a psychedelic space.
2: The kinds of sounds that were brought into the band because of its unusual orchestration, the, certainly the electronic sounds and the use of the violin and the viola were modulated. These were unearthly sounds, these were unexpected moments, and that kind of shift in perception was something that you had on acid. A light bulb was no longer a light bulb, but became a prism in your eyes and you could see different colors emanating. And I think the sound of the US of A had some of that about it. That the sound was, uh, should we say prismatic? Does that make any sense?
0: United States of America broke up after only one album and it didn't end well.
1: The dissolution of the United States of America. Am I still bitter about that? I am indeed. Columbia Records decided that I was too far out and that Dorothy was really the, what the band was about. And so they invited Dorothy and the manager to take over and kicked me out. They fired me from my own band.
2: Joe felt that all of us let him go, but my memory was that I came to a meeting and Joe was supposed to show up and the manager said, he's quit.
0: Both artists went on to other musical endeavors, but despite the rancor that ended the band, Joseph Byrd and Dorothy Moskowitz-Valarsky seem to be each other's biggest champions now. Neither of them believes that Joseph Byrd ever got the credit he deserved. Repairing that deficiency is part of the goal of NYC 1960 to 1963. Clarice Jensen. It was music that really needed to be performed and music that should be in the repertoire and and that should be in the recorded database. Joseph Bird's NYC 1960 to 1963 is just out, and the United States of America album is currently in print. For Echoes, I'm John DiLiberto. Next week on the Echoes podcast, we take another trip to the past. This time, the 1980s and the electronic trio the Nightcrawlers. Their cassette releases have just been collected on vinyl and CD for the very first time. We'll have an interview with the band members who took DIY into space. Be sure to subscribe to the Echoes podcast on Apple Music or your other podcast source and spread the word. Drop a review. Echoes is distributed by public radio international and partial funding comes from the Pennsylvania Council on the Arts and the National Endowment for the Arts. Art works. I'm John DiLibretto. Thanks for spinning up the Echoes podcast.